Hi, and welcome to another podcast of Conversations Between a Priest and a Rabbi. I am the Reverend Craig Swan, the priest at St. Peter's by the Sea in Narragansett, and these podcasts celebrate a 31-year relationship between the Congregation of St. Peter's and the Congregation of Congregation Beth David. It is always a joy to present these bi-weekly podcasts with my good friend, Rabbi Ethan Adler. If you are enjoying these podcasts and wish to hear more, please take a moment and subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform you use. Hello and welcome again to Conversations Between a Rabbi and a Priest. I'm the Reverend Craig Swan, the priest at St. Peter's by the Sea, and joining me again today is my close friend, Ethan Adler, leader in uh, religious leader at Temp- Congregation Beth David in Narragansett, and also uh, a congregation in Westerly. And our conversation today is we're working on the letter H. We've had hope, we've had healing, and today we're going to look at the concept of happiness. Absolutely. And what is happiness? So, Ethan, I'll let you start the conversation this week. Okay, okay. So in, in my research, I came across something very interesting, is that six out of the seven dwarfs in the Snow White story were not happy. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> Only one was named happy. Anyway, uh. um, there are some, some Jewish sources that indicate that we are actually commanded to be happy, that it's a commandment. It's not, it's not really up to us. Um, and that we can be happiest in the service of God. That is that, is that message. Um, some say it's a strict obligation. Other, others believe that it's just something that maybe you'll, you'll, you'll come to. Um, but at any rate, we look at happiness as a sustained spiritual high, if you will, um, a condition of, of a heart, the way we think about things, uh, not necessarily silliness, that kind of thing, but a deeply felt sense of appreciation, which gives us joy. And we get there through blessings. So the concept is that we offer a blessing, which leads us to um, a state of thankfulness, which leads us to appreciation, which leads us to happiness. So for example, um, before we eat a piece of bread, we make a blessing and we say, thank you, Lord, for uh, bringing bread from the earth, which, um, or blessing God for creating the fruit of the vine or for creating us in his image. But all of these, all of these kinds of blessings, as we say, uh, provoke a sense of being thankful, appreciative, which um, leads us to a state of happiness. And so um, we are... We are sort of commanded, and I have some sources we'll take a look at later, that really tell us that, that if we don't want to think that we have to be happy, at least we should think that we should be, we should be happy. As a matter of fact, um, and then I'll end with this, um, when Jewish people mourn, part of their mourning practice is uh, just before a funeral, they um, will attach a black ribbon to their clothing and they'll they'll tear the ribbon as a symbol that someone has been torn away from them we wear it for seven days but we take off the ribbon on friday night 
and we put it back on Saturday night because we're not supposed to mourn on the Sabbath. We're supposed to be happy. So they're just another perspective of it. It's interesting that I thought about the word happy or happiness in terms of Christianity. Uh, my cynical side went to the fact I'm not sure Christianity has always pushed the concept of being happy through Christ. It seems more often um, throughout the ages we have tried to look at it from the opposite and um, talk in terms of obligation and um, even here in the United States the history of the fire and brimstone and the sense of the depravity of the human person which is so absolutely opposite of what Christ was about. Christ was about celebrating life mm. and often reminded his followers and the Pharisees at times that now is not the time even on the Sabbath to um, be dour or to allow one to suffer, but to take advantage of and celebrate that which is there. And he'd often say, now is the time to celebrate because the Son of Man is here. We as a people are called to happiness and joy because we live in the concept of being redeemed. We often talk about the fact that through Christ we have nothing to worry about because he has conquered death itself. And so we don't have to live in fear of death mm -hmm. and we can live with a sense of confidence. But as I told you when we brought the topic up um, earlier on, when I think about happiness, I think about, especially in today's society, we think about it in a very narrow band and it's almost superficial. And I think about the couple that um, were part of my parish way back when I was in seminary and the husband who was an artist had mentioned the fact that his wife looked at him one day and said, you know, I just want to be happy. And his response to her is, do you really want to be happy? And she thought about it for a moment and said, you know what? I really just want to feel contentment. Which is a form of happiness. Which is a form of happiness, but it's not that high elation. And when I think about those words, I think about what is true happiness from a Christian concept? And I think you've hit on it a little bit in your beginning words, and that is it's more about a sense of inner peace. And the true depth of that comes with being in sync with God. I often teach that God has a dream for each and every one of us. Mm -hmm. When he created us, God created us with certain gifts and talents to fulfill a dream and opportunity that is ours in the world. Now, of course, I say the problem is he doesn't exactly tell you what that is. You have to kind of figure it out on your own. But when you lock into that which God is, has created, made you for, created you for, you find this sense of deep contentment, peace, and ultimately that sense of what we're talking about today, which is happiness. Right. And so happiness um, comes with being or seeking being one with the Lord. Yeah, so the question can come up and say, well, is happiness a choice? 
It was God can tell me that on a particular day I need to, to do certain things. Or God can tell, tell me that um, I can't do certain things. God can tell me that I can eat a cow, but I can't eat, I can't eat a pig. Or God can tell me that on this particular day you're supposed to say this prayer and on that day another prayer. So God, God can, can, can um, direct me towards action, but can God command me to emote? Can God tell me, you better be happy or else, <laughs> or I want you to be sad? And I'm not sure if God can do that or not. I don't know if God expects it from us, but what I, what I do believe very strongly is that happiness is a choice. I think we can choose, we can choose to be happy, okay? Um, I'm going to bring the words of Dr. Viktor Frankl, um, famous for writing a book called Man's Search for Meaning. Um, he was a psychiatrist living in a, in a concentration camp, and um, he interviewed a lot of people. He observed how they handled their day-to-day situations, and this is, this is what he wrote. He said, Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. And he says, and I would add our happiness. So he made this claim that even living under the horrible, horrible, horrid conditions of the Holocaust... People found reasons to be happy. Find another day. I found a half a potato to eat. Well, it's better than a quarter of a potato, I guess. Um, they, they, they still found some sort of pleasure in looking at a sunset or a sunrise, um, even under those, those, those horrible conditions. And so um, from a, a purely mystical sense, what is... What's one way of looking at happiness is there is a, a Kabbalistic, mystical perspective that says that all of us have within us a tendency or propensity to do good or to do bad. It's like an inclination to do good, an inclination to do bad. And all of us are capable of doing bad things as well as good things. And happiness is the ability to conquer the inclination to do bad so that we can put more focus on the inclination to do good. And that, that can bring us to happiness. And that, that is, again, something that I think, I think we can choose um, in, in our happiness. Some of, it, some of it falls into the realm of, you know, we've probably spoke about this before, positive mental attitude. How you look at something and say, can I see anything positive in this rather than just a negative. So I know you're, you're stuck in a, in a traffic jam because it was an accident. And you can, you can choose to be miserable and say, why am I in this accident? Why, you know, why is this happening now? I've got places to go. I've got things to do. Or you can choose to be happy about it in a sense and say, I'm glad I'm not in the accident. I'm not glad somebody else is, but I'm glad. I'd rather be in a traffic jam than a traffic accident. So um, for these and other reasons, I submit that happiness 
definitely is a choice. And if somebody wants to be happy, they want to be happy, there is a way to find a path towards it. I do believe that it's definitely is on most levels a choice. Uh, we in the Christian circles talk about free will, that when God created humanity, he gave us free will, the freedom to choose to love God and be one with God or not. And as I look at the Old Testament and um, think through the New Testament, the story is constantly the same. It's when humanity or in an, an individual chooses not to love God, not to follow God's lead, that one often finds misery and hurt and darkness. And so I, I agree with you 100%. I think our um, tradition would support that this pursuit of happiness or contentment or peace is really deeply within our own choices. And if we seek happiness by seeking God, um, then we will find the peace. The ending words of our Eucharist service is the blessing that says, may the peace of God, which passes all understanding. And we move from there. That is truly where the center of happiness lies within us. And I think like so much, we are um, living in a world that is about stuff and possessions and the accumulation. If you don't believe me, just take a look at um, the spare bedroom in our house and the closet <laughs> that is just overflowing. And it seems like every time I empty it out, it just gets filled up again. We have this propensity, whether it be a cultural thing or a um, part of the human person, that somehow we never have enough. And somehow more, something more is going to bring us happiness, whether it be the perfect body, the perfect clothes, um, the perfect house, whatever. And the truth be told is that that's not where the source of peace is. And as long as we choose to pursue peace and happiness that way, I don't think we're ever going to find the contentment that we're seeking. Right, right. And, and, it, and it is, as you, as you say, it is within us. Um, from the world of psychology, we learned that if you're in a bad mood, you can literally stand in front of a mirror and look at yourself and smile and just laugh. And that releases hormones and neurotransmitters that will, will flood the pleasure parts of your brain that's, that will tell you, hey, you know, I'm happy. I'm in a good mood. So it is, it is, it is possible that way. Um, I'm, I'm drawn to the, to the book of Psalms, um, Psalm 100, verse 2, if anybody wants to follow it. It says, worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful song. Right? Which is telling us, um, of course, when we worship the Lord, she'll be with happiness, but approach everything that we do with happiness, with an eye towards G. There's a lot of nice things about it. I know the Super Bowl is coming up, and you may, you may want the Buccaneers to win, you may want the Chiefs to win, and if your team doesn't win, you may be unhappy, but happiness 
if you think about it, it's not which team wins. Happiness is who are you watching the game with? You know, who's, you know, who's the family and friends that at this time of pandemic are you, are you able to be with? Are you Zooming with people? I, you know, how's the food? How's, how's the fact that you're in a nice warm house that you can watch the game? There's so many pieces to it that you can be happy with, not necessarily who wins or who loses or, or who loses the game. So um, definitely it is, it is something that we can, we can choose, choose to be. And by the same token, if you want to be unhappy, you can do that as well, right? People can find all kinds of reasons why, why they should be unhappy. You know, my, you know, my wife snores, keeps me up all night. You know, makes me unhappy. Well, you got a body next to you. Isn't that cause for happiness? You know, my child is two and a half years old and they're going through the terrible twos and it drives me crazy. Well, you got a child who's healthy otherwise. Be happy about it. It's a normal thing. If your child didn't do the terrible twos, then maybe there's some issues there, right? So we can choose definitely how we want to react. We, we, can't, we can't control what happens to us, but we can control what we do with that. And thus we can, thus we can choose to be happy. In our, in, our, in our tradition, we look at, at happiness. I know you talked about H words. We look at C words just to be different. Um, happiness can be measured in Contentment, just being content with what you have, not necessarily wanting more or less, but, you know, yes, I want to earn a million dollars someday, but if I'm only earning 50000 today, let me be content with that and move on. And the second C is cons- consciousness, being recognizable that, that there are blessings in your life that come from God that you may not, recognize it first but you shouldn't and then a commitment commitment to make your life better and the realization that if you really are struggling to find happiness even though you believe it's a choice whatever a sure way towards happiness is as the song goes make someone else happy they'll bring you happiness for sure I think we keep coming back to um, where happiness is found. Mm-hmm. And I, you opened it with, I think, where the greatest truth is. It's by counting one's blessings. So I had a third or fourth C word to that, which is count. Mm, and count you your blessings. Um, when we gather for the Eucharist, before we begin the great prayer of thanksgiving, the prayer of consecration, we often pray, all things come from you, O Lord, and of your, of your own have we given you. And it's a recognition that everything around us is a gift from God. And where the ch- I think the choice comes in for us is, do we want to see it that way? Do we see it as we're entitled to it? Mm-hmm. And I really love, as you've talked about some of the Jewish traditions, even from last time when you talked about the blessing after having gone to the bathroom, is the fact that 
Judaism seems to emphasize, stop at every single moment, be present to it, and realize it's a gift from God. And I think we fail to do that. If you walk around and look at what one has as total gift, whether it be your spouse, your home, um, the opportunity to play pick up football with your friends, um, to be part of a choir, to have a beautiful voice. Those things that we take for granted and overlook, if we choose to count those as part of our blessings, then I think you're right. We find how greatly blessed we are by God. That's right. You know, so, go ahead. Okay. And I was going to say, and obey one of the commandments, which is thou shalt not covet your neighbor and not worry about what someone else has that you don't have. Right. But focus on that. Uh, we find that God truly does love us and provides for us as we need. And if we can approach with that when we come into worship, um, when you recite what is Psalm 100, that is one of the opening psalms of our morning prayer. There you go. So we start our day coming before the Lord with gladness in our heart to worship. If we bring with that all that those little tiny things that God has given us through the day before, there you will find where God is calling. That's right. In that sen sense of fulfillment and fullness. There's a, a Hasidic master. I'm, 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 I'm going to quote him so I don't get it wrong, but... Um, I, I love this quote. He says, There is beauty and happiness in the world. We put our little finger in front of our eyes and all we see is black. Say, hey, what beauty? I don't see any beauty. Well, get your finger out of your eye. You know? There's another beautiful psalm that begins with, um, Happy are those who dwell in your house. They will ever praise you. Okay, so people who sit in God's house, follow God's laws, um, they're happy and they're going to praise God. But some people say we'd need to look at that verse backwards and say those who praise you will end up happy in their house. So we have so many, so many ways. Um, it's not particularly religious, but, um, you know, you can ask, well, am I happy? Well, I want to be very happy, but can I make myself happier? Where, where am I in a happiness scale? And what can I do to make myself a little happier to, or, you know, to convince, to convince myself um, how to be happy? And, and from the world of psychology and all of that, there's all kinds of ways in which we can, we can find happiness, learning new things, being open to experiences, being optimistic, all, all of these things. But Eventually, I think it comes down to what you were saying, which is it really comes down to our understanding God's role in our life, our role in our life, and, and how we can mesh the two, and recognizing that the path to God is laden with all kinds of opportunities for happiness. And we just, we just need to recognize it and see it and know that it's there and you know, um, good deeds lead to good deeds, bad deeds lead to bad deeds. And the road to happiness is you recognize that 
Yes, I can be happy about this, happy about that. And, and before you know it, that leads to other incidents of happiness. And, you know, it just kind of build, build upon itself. So um, we can definitely choose the path to happiness, you know. And uh, I know I'm happy. My, my, my kids often yell at me. They say, Dad, how come you don't get angry at things? How come you don't, nothing bothers you? And I said, well, it's not a question of bothering me. It's a question of looking at things in a little bit of a different way, in a more positive way, in a way that says, gee, we got 18 inches of snow. Well, we could have gotten 24, you know? Uh, we got COVID, which is horrible, a horrible pandemic, and all the deaths and suffering, uh, it's just, it just beyond beyond even words. But I'm happy that we have vaccines. I'm happy that we're on our way where, where our, our positivity level is coming down in Rhode Island and in other places. Um, yes, there is a lot of suffering, but it's becoming less suffering, you know? So there are, there are ways to, to find that magic H of happiness. I'll end with a thought from a 90-year-old parishioner who, um, when COVID began, is living in assisted living and basically was confined to her small apartment. And she said to me, she goes, I know the, my neighbors are mad at me and frustrated with me. I say, well, why is that? Because for some reason, I always find the silver lining in the worst of situations. I said, okay, so where is the silver lining of being basically confined to your um, two rooms? He said, well, the staff comes up every day and we're able to do what we call doorway gymnastics. They give us puzzles to work on. They bring us our food every day. And so much a part of this dear sweet lady is, and when I run out of my adult beverages, they go get it for me. Ah, I love it. I love it. And that meant that it was good. Yeah. Somehow, I think as we've been talking today, there are two keys to happiness. One is truly appreciating where the blessings are in our life and celebrating those. And the second is realizing that we are truly loved by God. And we when we choose to celebrate that and let that be a major part of our life, there is happiness and there is peace. And we'll end with these words, all things come from you, O Lord. And for this, we are thankful. Amen, Amen. to that. Amen to that.